you know the mind is one of the most fascinating muscles in the human body and once you get a tenth of how to use it neuroplasticity how we can remold and reshape the brain into success you cannot fail you cannot fail this is about humans dreaming together about humans supporting each other on our journeys it's about the science and the art behind making our dream lives a reality to the students of life the young and the curious the dreamers and the doers to those who crave to be a strong individual and want to be part of something bigger than themselves. Welcome. 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 Welcome to the Dreamology Podcast. Hello, my fellow students of life, dream chasers, entrepreneurs, big thinkers out there. It's your boy, Tim Bishop, back with another episode of the Dreamology Podcast. Before we dive into today's show with the guest, Dr. Rob Kelly, who is a man who is a multimillionaire, ended up going homeless due to his addiction, and then transformed his life where he is now one of the leading neuroscientists in the world studying addiction recovery and has worked with names as big as Robert Downey Jr. Absolutely incredible. Before we get to that, let's remind ourselves why we are here. The Dreamology podcast is all about studying the most important subject that school did not teach us, which is how to actually make our dreams a reality. We go through the education system and we don't learn how to manifest our own dreams, how to find purpose, how to be happy, how to be healthy, how to deal with things such as anxiety and mental health, and how to reach our full potential and to be on a constant quest to be the best version of themselves. And so this podcast is for people who want to become students of life, people who are learning forever and always, people who are on a quest to do big things in the world. And our goal here is that we want to transform ourselves so we can go out into the world and transform others, create our big ideas, create our big businesses, do whatever it is that we want to do. But here we are improving ourselves and we are making ourselves better with each and every episode. So I'm so excited that you joined us here today because this means that you are on your journey. You are already a student of life and you are here and you are ready to learn. So as I mentioned, today's guest is Dr. Rob Kelly. And in this episode, we talk about his incredible story from going from being a millionaire to being homeless on the streets due to his addiction. And now... He has turned his life around. He is one of the best addiction recovery specialists in the entire world. As I mentioned, he has worked with people as big as Robert Downey Jr. And in fact, we would not know who Iron Man was if it wasn't for Dr. Rob Kelly because he is the one who got Tony Stark out of his addiction. I called him Tony Stark there. <laughs> he is the one who got Robert Downey Jr. out of his addiction and in to a life that is worth living. And so in this episode, we talk about neuroscience, neuroplasticity, basically how to use your brain to create empowering beliefs that you can literally do whatever you want to do with your life. No fluff, no, you know, no just in the clouds type philosophies. This is real science-based mental transformation. And I'm so excited to share with you this story and the work of Dr. Rob Kelly, because I truly believe if you listen to the words and if you listen to them with intent and meaning, this episode can truly have the power to change your life. And so without further ado, here is Dr. Rob Kelly. 
All right, my fellow students of life, dream chasers, entrepreneurs out there who got big dreams. We got a very special guest today, Dr. Rob Kelly. How are you doing today, sir? Doing great, Tim. Thank you so much for having me on. It's going to be an amazing 45 minutes. I can feel it already. Oh, I can feel the energy, baby. I am very excited. So I don't like to give my guest an intro because I don't feel like I can do it justice. So my first question is, who is Dr. Rob Kelly? Okay, so Dr. Rob Kelly is a guy in long-term recovery. He is specialized in addiction. Uh, he specializes in neuroplasticity and neuroscience in the modern world regarding addiction. He is an empowered doctor who, uh, who loves to live in the trenches although I teach at a high level uh, and I can, um, I, I just love building futures for people. I love inspiring people, whether, you know, addicts, alcoholics or not. It's just about finding the best you and, and self-belief that you can literally go on and do anything you want to in life. And, and I know I always get, I used to get one person going, yeah, well, you can't be president of the United States. I beg to differ. We have a businessman now running this, running the country. I'm not going to get into the political thing, but you get the idea that mm. once you know the secrets of life and self-belief along with self-dialogue, the world is unlimited to you. Mm. Totally agree, man. Love the intro. Um, I know there's a backstory to that. Why, you, why do you believe that people can do anything? Because I think that you have a pretty cool story to share. So I'd be interested in hearing your, your personal journey. Um, I know you came out of some pretty dark places. So you want to give me just some some of the backstory as to kind of your, your journey through life? Well, you know, I started drinking at the age of nine. Uh, I do come from a council estate or the projects, as you guys call it. So um, not a great beginning in life, not wealthy family, pretty poor middle-class family. And, uh, you know, the first drink, that, my first drink, that was it. I, I, was, I, was, I was hooked. You know, I look back at my friends and go, hey, remember when you were nine or 10 and you took a first drink of beer from your dad's cupboard? And you go, yes. What was it felt like? Oh, it was horrible. Oh, I spat it out. When I took my first drink, the whole world just changed in front of my eyes. So I knew that this was going to be my solution for everything. And over a period of time and lack of knowledge back in the 70s and 80s of alcoholism, I suffered badly and I lost absolutely everything. Ended up on the streets, uh, actually living on the streets, not sofa surfing or actually sleeping in bus shelters and under bushes and, and begging for money during the day or stealing vodka to drink. Uh, so from there to where I am today, they call me one of the best minds in the modern, modern addiction world is an absolutely impossibility. How did I do it? You know, that's what question everybody likes to, likes to, uh, likes to get into is how the hell did you, first of all, how does somebody from Oxford end up homeless? And secondly, how the hell did you get off the streets and end up where you are today? And, mm. and it's powerful, man. I mean, it's just, there's so many lessons that I've learned. I knew that when I got off the streets, I'd spend the rest of my life helping people and inspiring people to be the best person they can be. And that's what I did. Mm. I love that, man. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the guests I've interviewed, the general theme is that pain often leads to some sort of purpose. All right. Something you go through often leads to something that you want to give to others. Um, so I love that. And I want to ask now, because you said everyone asks you, how did you do it? You know, I saw that, you know, your Oxford graduate million dollar house, you were living the quote unquote dream. Um, and then it all went downhill. It all went to homeless. Um, and then you were able to bounce back out of that. Can you just talk about that experience and that process and what that time period of your life looked like? 
Well, when I, when I was suffering from alcoholism, I didn't know that, you know. And alcoholism is far more than alcohol. Most people think alcoholism is somebody who drinks too much alcohol. What I have is a self-sabotaging brain that I'm born with. That's why you can trace it back, alcoholism in your family, that wants to self-sabotage at any opportunity, which equals lack of confidence, lack of self-esteem, and not belief in oneself. So I always feel like an imposter. So all through my schooling, I felt like an imposter. I was also a session musician back in Manchester in Strawberry Studios. I was always a musician from an early age. So I was doing uh, uh, tracks for TV and radio commercials back in the day when you used to have to play instruments, not today when they put it on a computer. And I did that for, for a year or so, and, and my dreams were high. I'm going to say this a couple of times. I have the addictive brain, and without alcohol and drugs into my system, it's a very powerful tool that I have in my head, and much more powerful than the normal brain. I want, to, I want to stress that, and I'm going to keep coming back to that. So my powerful, always seeking for the next best thing brain decided to audition at Abbey Road. Now, I'm 16, 17 years old, and I'm going for an audition at Abbey Road, one of the most famous studios in the world, going up against guys who are four times my age and been playing bass four times as long as me, but I have the addictive brain. And I kept pushing and pushing and pushing, and I got the job, you know? And, and it's just, I, it was unbelievable. I was drunk as shit when I went in for my last seventh audition. I mean, I couldn't even see properly, but I'm that good at what I do always that, uh, and I can only do two things, by the way, guys, before you go look at his ego, look at his cocky. No, I get people one, I can play a guitar. That's all I can do. I can't fix a car. I can't change a <laughs> wheel. I can't paint the fucking roof. I can only do two things, but I do them extremely well because I know that's my forte. So mm. when I was at uh, Abbey Road, I, I wanted to go to Oxford University. How does a counselor, the state kid get to Oxford? He joins a Freemasons which is a very secretive thing in England, not, not in America where they advertise it on windows. You know, so I got in there who knew somebody who got me in, went through that, just about graduated, came out, couple of jobs in between, got married, instead uh, of give up drinking, never did. Had the first child, swore I'd never drink again. That lasted three hours. Had the second child, swore on the Bible I'd never drink again. Worst seven hours of my life. And then finally through some horrible things that I did in the house, despicable things that I did in the house. Everybody left me and the house, car, kids, wife, business, friends, family had gone. And I went from the family house to my mom's house, to friend's house, to acquaintances house, from acquaintances to the streets and I stayed on the streets for 14 months. And only through my, my uh, council estate bringing up, I was a tough guy, ex bodybuilder, ex uh, fighting uh, uh, MMA before it was even invented, street fighting that got me through my homeless days. But I had what I call a spiritual experience on the streets when I just had enough and I cried out for help and uh, my journey started from there. I mean, it really did. A guy found me on the street and asked that I want help and I said yes. And uh, I knew that when I got off the streets, I spent the rest of my life doing what I'm supposed to do, which is today. I found my niche in life, guys. And I hope you, if not you already have, find yours because that is what life's about. You see, I'm lucky. I get two lives in one lifetime. You know, I've had the alcoholic almost death. I died twice on the streets. I tried suicide six or seven times. On two occasions, I succeeded. I was done with this world because I, that was it. That was my. That was it. I was wasn't going any further. And and they, and they brought me back one time on the side of the road. On the second time, I think I collapsed in a in a in a, a business. And the EMT in the in the business, smart ass, came out and gave me mouth to mouth and brought me back to life. I was pissed at them. 
I wanted to die because I, I knew I wouldn't amount to anything because everyone had brainwashed me to, but I wouldn't amount to anything. So my, my biggest message of all is never, never give up on your dream. Never. No matter how far down you go, somebody up there, the higher power, supreme being, the universe, I love the universe, has a better mm -hmm. plan for you because what I was going through was like a semester at Harvard. That homelessness was such a lesson that to learn, mm -hmm. because now they go, oh, Dr. Rob, you don't know, you live in your big million dollar house, you've never been homeless, check. You never had your kids taken off you, check. You know, all these checks that I did when I was on the streets empower me today to empower people, because I truly believe that empowered people empower people. Mm. Man, that is, that's an incredible story, dude. And I love what you just said. I mean, I feel like, there's so many things that happen in life and this is very hard in the moment, but you know, I always, I'm kind of a big thing on being a student of life, right? Learning from everything that's going on around us and all the good, all the bad, as you said, it's all pointing us towards our dream life, towards where we want to be. And so if you can kind of reframe all of those downs and all those lows, and I know a lot of my audience are students, right? A lot of these people right now are like, I don't have school. It's all online. What do I do? Like I have these dreams, but I don't know how to chase them. And in reality, the ones that are getting ahead right now are the ones that are looking at this whole situation with the world and saying, okay, what is this teaching me? How can I use this to grow? How can I use this to give? How can I use it to empower myself and others? And so I think your story is obviously an incredible, you know, representation of using those, those moments, right? Those moments of, of chaos and of low to be able to empower yourself to say, you know what, like, I'm going to use this for better. I'm going to use this for good. Um, so I, I love that, man. I really appreciate you sharing that whole story with me. Adapt and, adapt and grow. Adapt and grow every time. Guys, mm -hmm. I know you're mostly students out there, and I've just, I've just been, you know, I, te I teach or lecture at uh, UTSA, and full of students who want a better life. Not even alcoholics and addicts like me just want a better life. You know, adapt and grow. Never get comfortable where you are. You know, enjoy what you've got by all means, but always be looking for the, where, where's, what's the next step that the universe wants you to go in? You know, mm. what, what's, what's the next thing I can do? What lesson am I learning by isolating and not being able to go out, you know? And mm. I want to say something, you know, there's probably some guys out there going, wow, that sounds awesome, but, you know, I can't do that. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not really a confident person. And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm not capable of doing what he's just done. Let me tell you something. If you don't feel confident, if you feel less than, if you don't think you are worthy, I want to apologize to you guys because somebody put that there. Because I'm telling you now that human beings are born to succeed. And that's what you need to do. You need to grab life and you need to move forward. Guys, I went to bed when I was 25 and I woke up the next morning and I'm nearly 60. That's how fast life goes, you know? And you can't mess with it. You can't relax. You can't, you know, enjoy every second. If I said to you, you've got a week to live, Tim, wouldn't you do something different today? Of course you would. And that's, that's how to live life. I mean, how far can I take this shit? That's why I always say to people, because how come you've ended up? How, how far can I take this shit? I don't know. I've been, I've been in, on TV. I'm always on TV. I've been on Oprah. I've been on all the other stuff. I mean, I've got a book out there. You know, I, I don't know. How far can I take it? As far mm. as my mind will allow. Let mm. me tell you something, guys. Quantum physics is the key to life. You know, if you look at a basketball court, quantum physics says that I can be, I can be 25 places at the same time on that court. Guys, mm. listen to this. So if I'm going to be 25 places at the same time, where do I want to be? Um, I want to be over near the goal. So when I get the ball, pop it in the neck, I'm the champion of the game. Okay, cool. Can you see yourself there? Yeah, I can see myself there. How'd you get there? 
listen. I walk over and I take that fucking position, period. <laughs> I've already visualized it. What I visualize, I can hold in my hand. And it's self-belief, self-talk, self-dialogue and belief that you can do this. Anybody can do it. If I can, I'm nothing special. Mm. I just had belief that life could get better. Mm. I love that you brought up quantum physics. I have a, a sheet that I read every morning that I call my quantum goals. And it's every morning. And that's the power of social media right now, I think, is you can, you can be in so many places at once. And the idea that I have these big dreams and big goals and I want to spread these big energies out into the world. And the idea that I don't have to be there to impact someone. I can send out my ways, my energy, and it can be out there and other people can receive it. And I, I love that, man. I absolutely love the ideas of what you just talked about. And my, my question is, my, my follow-up here is, you know, going back two steps, you know, you said at first, you know, you weren't an alcoholic. You were someone who s suffered from self-doubt, from, from, you know, negative self-belief. Um, you know, I know a lot of people out there, I mean, everyone today, there's some sort of mental health issue, whether it's confidence or whether it's insecurities or it's fear of judgment or whatever it might be. And I saw a quote you had that I loved. It said, the problem is not our drinking, it's our thinking. You know, it's really, really the drinking, the, the social media, the Netflix, the junk food, the porn, the whatever, it's all just a cover up for the, yeah, the beginning, which is the thinking. So I would love yeah. to hear you tell me more about uh, kind of why you said that and what that means to you. Well, the, the end result is a symptom. So if I have uh, sex, drugs, alcohol, uh, gym, it, it's a symptom of, of what I'm actually suffering from. Because what I'm suffering from is a self-sabotaging neural pathway screaming through my brain that looks good to start with, like at job interviews, I look really good. And a month after, I'm wasted on the couch, can't get up from work. Because what happens with my mind is I'm never good enough. I'm always the imposter. If only they found out that I wasn't that good. And it's, and it's bullshit because I am that good. I'm the best addictionologist in the world, period. You know, I'm sat with a, one of my best friends, Gordon Ramsay, the guy off TV. And we're sat in his house and we're, we're drinking tea many years ago. And he said to me, Rob, do you know why I'm the best chef in the world? And I went, I don't know, because you can cook really good. And I went, shit, no. I have no idea who can cook out there or who can't. I said, but why are you the best chef in the world? And he said, because I tell everybody I am. That blew my mind. That blew my mind. Because if I tell you a lie often enough, you're going to believe it. But if I tell you a lie real often enough, I'm going to believe it. So we have to forget the symptom. It's just the end result. It's the symptom. We've got to ask ourselves, what's really going on here? Well, it's my thinking. You know, I, I was still outside a liquor store many years ago back in the UK. It's 5.30 in the morning. It's snowing. I have a pair of shorts on and a little vest. Plus, I have flip-flops on. I am sweating profusely waiting for this store to open. I'm, I'm going into DTs, delirium tremors. I'm shaking. I'm sweating. I've got a banging headache. I know that in the next five minutes, if I don't get some alcohol in my body, that I'm going to pass out or go into a convulsion. The guy opens the door, I walk in, he's not supposed to serve alcohol till 10 a.m., but he knows that, I'm, he knows me. I put my 10 pound on the counter, he put the bottle on the counter, I grabbed over the handle of the bottle, and this was my reaction. <sighs> my sweating stopped, my shake stopped, my headache went away instantly. I looked at the bottle, I looked at the shopkeeper, and I looked at the bottle and I thought, fuck me, it's not the alcohol. It's not the alcohol. I've not even touched the alcohol. The cap was still on the bottle and everything changed. It was the thought of the alcohol. Like you wave a, 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 a picture 
of a bag of heroin in front of a, an addict who's still using and his brain will light up. You see, my journey to the liquor store was more intoxicating than the drink. So let's take the drink out of it. What's really going on? It's my mind that needs remapping. So mm. as I'm a child, grew up with the addictive brain and billions of people have the addictive brain. They just don't know. They're usually the smartest people in the room. And what happens is uh, I, get, I get my childhood and, and I get abused in my childhood. And, and I get spoken down to, stop that, you stupid idiot. How many times I told you, you're not that clever. You're not, you can't do that stupid. You know, all that is child abuse. Anything less than nurturing with the addicted brain as a child is child abuse. And I take that on board. So my mind is distorted already thinking, I can't do these things. I'm not clever enough. I'm a stupid idiot. That's the remapping of my brain. It solidifies by the time of eight or nine. That's my core beliefs that I'm not good enough. Like I said before, I want to apologize. Somebody put that there. So we have to look at the thought pattern. It's not my mm. drinking. It's my thinking. It's not a drinking problem. It's a thinking problem. It's the way I think about myself, the way I think about the world, and the way I think about how far I can take this. Mm. That's the key to life. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all that. Um, so obviously right now you're farther along your journey and you're reflecting back on all this, right? And you, you can see this clearly now. Um, you know, like I said, the, the world right now is, is very set up for a pleasure-based world. There's a lot of ways that we can, I think, ignore our ways of thinking through stuff that we already listed, right? Whether it's, whether it is drugs, whether it is alcohol, whether it is social media, whether it is Netflix, junk food, porn, virtual reality, right? There's a lot of ways that, that we can ignore that kind of stuff. And I feel like a lot of people out there aren't necessarily aware right now. You're like, you're aware of what caused you to do those things for someone out there who may not be, you know, a full addict, but may have all these, I don't know if you call them micro addictions or things that they are, you know, kind of addicted to and they use every single day to cover up those, those thought patterns. What's the first step in becoming aware of those things that are maybe holding you back a lot and getting away from the root of what's actually going on in your brain? Anything that takes you away from self-thought is usually something to look at. So if you're pounding the gym every day and everything else coming second, you need to look at that. You know, we're in the modern age right now with the internet and everything else and all the apps we can use. There's no bigger opportunity to succeed from your own living room or your own bedroom. There's mm -hmm. a life out there, you know, to grab and, and the, and the self-belief is, is important. But you need to look at your life and set your goals out. Because again, guys, this, this time goes so quickly that if you are, I like that, I like that term, micro uh, addictions. You know, if I did, well, that can come into full-blown addictions, don't get me wrong, but you need to look at anything that, you're, that, that needs repetition, strengthen, and confirms on a daily basis that you do, that you think you can change. That's the stuff you need to look at. You need to refocus the brain. You need true belief, self-belief. Mm. And I really mean this self-belief that you can conquer your dreams. You know, you can conquer what you dream about. It's, it's the brain telling you that this is, this, you're capable of doing this. Mm. Again, you know, most of my guys who come in have no self-confidence, have no self-esteem, they have alcohol and drug problems, which we get rid of immediately. That's a given deal. We're the only company in the world that offers a money-back guarantee. So it's a 100% deal that you do. But what else is there? What have you dreamt of doing? How do, we, how do we make moves towards that dream? How do we make it happen? Hmm. You know, how much self-belief can one put on oneself before we go marching on and believe that we can do it? Because hmm. once, once we believe that, it, it hmm. does happen. There's no doubt about it. What you see in your mind, you can hold in your hand time and time and time again. 
I've heard that stuff. You know that that it, it's just you just have to have self belief, guys. Man, I I love. I mean, I love everything about your approach because I feel like a lot of the medical profession is very symptom focused. And what I'm hearing from you, and correct me if I'm wrong, is look, yeah, we're going to cure, you know, the stuff that you have issues with, but we're also going to focus on the other side of that is, is creating a compelling vision for your life, right? Com com creating big dreams, creating a roadmap to get there, understanding your limiting beliefs, what's going on in your mind. And I just love mm -hmm. how, like, that's what you're doing for people. To me, it's like, that's, that sounds like exactly how someone in your position should be doing it. And I love everything about what you just said. And, and my follow-up question is, you know, I feel like a lot of times, you know, we are our own worst enemies, right? We do get in our way. And like you said, we lack self-belief a lot of the times. And so when someone comes into you, you know, what is, how, how do you build self-belief? Because a lot of people right now might be listening like, yeah, you know, I want it, but, and I hear him saying this, but I just don't have it. You know, what are some steps to building that confidence and that belief in yourself that you really can, you really can do what you put your mind to? Nobody knows out there how powerful they really are. A quick solution to this problem would be if me and you could swap places for 10 minutes and tell my patients, all your problems will be over because we never see ourselves as other people see us. So therefore, we start believing our own self-sabotaging brain and lack of confidence instead of what people actually see. I was just mm. blown away when somebody said I was amazing when I was about 18 playing bass somewhere. You're the best bass player I've ever seen. I was blown away. I'm like, there is no way I'm at that. Turns out I probably was. When you're getting paid $1,000 an hour back in 1979 at Abbey Road, it's about 15 grand an hour now. I mean, of course I, I have to be one of the best in the world. But I didn't believe that. But when people started telling me, so guys, listen, always surround yourself with people who bring you up, not put you down. You know, mm. if you have a million dollar mind, stop hanging around with 10 cent mind people. You're not going to get anywhere. You need to hang around with the same kind of guys. You need to be complimenting people. When I compliment somebody, my dopamine starts flowing in my head. When I say thank you to somebody, dopamine is released into my brain. It's the same with you guys. That's what we need to do. We need to look at ourselves. Everybody is capable of this. If you can read and write and think and listen to this show, you are capable of achieving everything that you want to achieve. There's nothing out of your reach. Nothing. Believe me. You know, I tell my guys, I have, I have for those guys who are just listening, I'm sorry guys, but the guys on video, this is $100,000 that I keep in my office. I keep this in my office because I offer this for anybody that fails who's been through my program. Are you crazy, Dr. Robinson? <laughs> Why can't I do it? It's 100% guaranteed once I get into your head that you will succeed. So we picked a guy up from LA uh, jail uh, and uh, he was in an orange jumpsuit and he looked like shit and the judge brought us in and he said Dr. Kelly here's the deal I'm gonna release this prisoner to you but if he goes missing within the next three months is in your care I'm gonna bring you back to this court and I'm gonna hold you personally responsible I'm thinking holy shit that's some big <laughs> shit going so me and my team has a little talk we goes back and we said okay we'll take him this guy was like a, like a, a B-list actor. He used to be good. He used to be an actor that did good movies. Now he's a B-list because he's been in and out of jail from drugs. So we handcuffed him and we put him on our plane and we brought him back to Dallas. We took him to my ranch. Uh, we have a treatment center there. And we worked with him for a three-month period. About 10 weeks into it, we're telling him all the time, by the way, that you are the best actor in the fucking world. 
You are the best. You're going to go on to do amazing things. You're going to have a, a, a movie that's going to blow everybody away. You, and we're, going to, we're telling this on a daily basis, right? So we're starting to believe this. And 10 weeks into it, they have a buzzer and the front gate and the, and the postman come and they give him a big envelope and the, the chauffeur brought it to the door. They knocked on the door and they give it to me and said, this is for your patient. And I walked in and I give this guy this big envelope. And I said, I'm telling you, but I, know, I, I don't know what's in there, but I'm telling you, it's self-belief. And he ripped it open and he pulled it out and he looked me square in the eyes and he said, it's a fucking script for Iron Man. And I will go no further with that. That's how much self-belief you have in yourself. I had the same white rapper who everyone thinks should have been black come to my ranch. He then went home and wrote some sort of recovery album. Again, not saying anybody's name, but this is the fucking belief that we do. We install it to you and you can do it to yourself if you believe you can achieve God, I sounded, I sounded like some sort of boxing promoter then. If you believe you can achieve, I'll just come up with that. Let me write that down for a second. That's pretty good. Hey, you'd be a good boxing promoter, man. I'd get hyped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But it's so true. This is what people are missing out. And it's like we sit there and we're in our own, wallowing in our own shit because people are, are, are always trying to do one over on us. We've got no self-belief. If human beings out there are always trying to bring somebody down instead of build them up. You know, it's easier to bring it down than to build somebody up. But we have to start looking at ourselves. What's mm. different from you to, Joe, to Bezos? What's different? He had a dream of selling books on the internet. That was his dream. Selling books, secondhand books, by the way, on the internet. He had a dream. I've seen a photograph where he has Amazon scraped on the wall in paint. That was his office. The office cost about $20 a month. It was at derelicts and downtrodden. But he had belief. He had belief. And once you visualize, again, if you believe it, you can achieve it. Mike Tyson, 2010. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I got the goosebumps, man. I'm blown away over here. I just finished watching all the Marvel movies. So when you dropped Iron Man, I was like, what? <laughs> right. Oh, man, that's, that's awesome. And I, I'm curious your thoughts on this because I always think about this, you know. So like, you know, my life backstory, right? I was the kid who was, was in, I've never struggled with actually self-belief, which I'm very grateful for. I always thought I could do it. And that actually led me down some, some roads that were pretty funny because as a 15 year old white kid, who's five foot eight, I was like, yeah, I can go to the NBA. Right. And that's where I put all my, my energy and focus towards. And when that didn't happen, you know, whatever, I was fine. Continue on my life, but reflecting back to it, you know, I was like, damn, you know, I spent a lot of years of my life playing basketball and I was like, why did I do that? Well, I thought about, well, because I absolutely loved it. Step one, but step two, I thought about, you know what? It's not so much about the outcome. It's more about being mission driven, right? And that's what I kind of realized over the course of my life. I said, you know what? All these things, they led me in a direction, not necessarily towards running a podcast or doing personal development or being an entrepreneur, but it's following a mission because I think missions last forever. I can, I can choose to pursue you know, helping others be, be, be better humans or recover from addiction for my whole life. And that can take many forms, right? If I, if I choose to just pursue one thing, and it doesn't work out. I say, Oh, I'm a failure. Well, no, you're not a failure. You just tried one thing that didn't work. You got to keep pursuing onto your mission. And so I tell people that, you know, everyone that talks to me, all my students, everybody, I say, look, find a mission, find a purpose. That's what we're looking for because that's permanent. That lasts forever. You know, the little things you may fail at, it's not a failure. It's just a lesson. It's just a guide. It's just pushing you towards where you want to go. And so that's kind of what I tell a lot of my audiences. 
is that mission lasts forever. Life's an endless runway. If you want to care about, you know, social change, you can do that shit for 80 years and put all your heart and soul into it. There's nobody stopping you. You just got to figure out how. That's all you got to really do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you look at a pilot. If you become a pilot, it takes 1,500 hours to become a pilot. 1,500 hours. If you put 1,500 hours into something that you believe you can be good at, you become a master. Once you become a master, mm. you did a little bit of luck, you know, mm. and, and the rest is you've trained for that. You've trained for it all your life. You're going to get it eventually. And that, I mean, look at the Beatles. They were told so many times that they were a waste of time and they'd never get a record contract. And all of a sudden, they believed in themselves and they carried on. You see, what people do is as soon as they get the first knockback, they start believing that knockback. And go, oh, it must be true because that guy said I was crap and that guy said I couldn't really do it, so it must be true. No, it's not true. It's a learning mm. curve. You know, it's not how many times you get knocked down, how many times you get back up again. You see many people who's invented stuff, Microsoft, you can go back Apple, you can go back all the, you know, if you want to look at these guys that started in the basement, in the garage, you know, of all this stuff and go on to be billionaires or go on. I mean, not even, we don't even look at that. Look, I want to be a manager of, of the local store. Well, okay, let's put the hours in. Let's get a dream. Let's chase that dream. Let's visualize it, holding your hand and live the dream. I have a great saying. It said, I used to dream of living. Now I'm living the dream and I'm not having anything less than that. I have t-shirts with that on. Stop dreaming and living. Because when I was homeless, I used to dream of having a, a little house somewhere. And, and I used to walk past people's houses on Christmas Eve and see everyone gathered around tables. I just want a Christmas Eve with a little family. Fuck no. I want more. I want bigger. I want better. I want to be sat in that million dollar house not having to worry about money so I can spend the rest of my time inspiring people to get where I got today. And I have an affliction of alcoholism and addiction. You know, the mind is one of the most fascinating muscles in the human body. And once you get a tenth of how to use it, neuroplasticity, how we can remold and reshape the brain into success, you cannot fail. You cannot fail. You know, ask anybody who succeeded. It's just, it's the vision. The vision, man. Mm. Talk to me about neuro. Let's go. <laughs> I'm fired up, man. I'm fired up. Um, yeah, man. I, I believe everything you're saying. For me, overcoming my own anxieties and fears and committing to chasing my dream has completely changed my life. I actually talked about it this morning. I, my senior year of, high, of college, I went down the whole path. I got all A's. I did everything I was supposed to do. Never had any mental health issues. And I get to the end of the journey laid out for me. I had the most anxiety in my entire life. I had no idea what I want to do with my life. And I said, is this it? Is this all we got? And I chose to commit to it and it changed my life forever. And, you know, I, I would never do it differently. Um, and so you mentioned neuroplasticity. Uh, can you define that for me and explain to me the powers of the science behind the brain and what is happening uh, inside of us when we do these mindset cultivation things? So the, the, the brain is, is filled with billions of neural pathways. Uh, a, a neural pathway is, is a new trait or, or a new belief in something. So let's say driving a, a car, for instance. When you first drive a car, you're scared of bashing it. It seems so big. It seems huge. You go 10 miles an hour. You're going too fast. It's all new, new learning the brain how to, or teaching the brain how to learn these maneuvers. And what happens is that if you've done it at several hours, 1,500 hours for a pilot, probably 20 hours for the car, neural pathways are set in your brain. Now that means like a couple of years time or a few months, you can get in the car, you can be backing out the drive while listening to radio, texting on your phone and saying bye to the missus all at once because you're doing it like a knee jerk reaction. You have to think about it. 
Mm. When we look at the neural pathways in the head, look at the neural pathways that we build for success. They need nurturing on a daily basis. And thought patterns is typically like a freeway. If you have two freeways, negative thought patterns and positive thought patterns, you think of a freeway, cars are going down all the time. If you re-divert to the new freeway of success by thinking that and believing that on a daily basis and not believing anyone, anything else, then the self-sabotaging uh, non-belief uh, freeway starts getting moss on it. There's a few bricks on it. It never gets used. So therefore, we change the way we think. That's all neuroplasticity is. We're changing and believing the way we think. And our brain mm. comes molded for success. Now, the key for that is I guess I couldn't go out now and become a pilot because I just couldn't. But you have to find your little niche in life. You know, whether that be football, you know, sweeping up, whatever it may be, everyone's given something that they're going to absolutely amazing in their life. It's finding out what that is. And so you have to go through various things to do when you want to do it for a living or get straight A's or whatever it may be. And you have to focus on that and believe you're going to do that. That changes the way we think, changes the way the brain works, changes the way it's remapped. Neuroplasticity, the best thing that ever happened to a human being hmm. since sliced bread. And I love me some sliced bread. <laughs> well, man, if you're ever in Minnesota, I'll invite you over because we've been making some homemade bread here at home. So if you're ever coming nice, through, nice. Yeah, I got some bread with your name on it, brother. <laughs> nice. I love it. I oh, love man. It. Well, I mean, yeah, I love it. I mean, I feel like when I learned about neuroplasticity too, I was like, holy shit, this is insane. Like, it's so cool to see that you know, some of this rah-rah stuff that motivational spirits have been saying for a long time is being backed by science. Like, no, the brain is actually changing. This is literally happening. New neurons are being fired and connected. And like, this isn't, this isn't fate. It's a hundred percent real. And if you're listening and listen and you believe in science, you will use the power of this to, to better your life. And it's, it's as simple as that. And, and self-talk. Remember there was, there was a Japanese researcher, a scientist, uh, Mizoru Emoto, his name was, looking on the internet, Mizoru Emoto. And basically what he did uh, is he believed in the power of words. So what he did is he got room A full of a bunch of water, any old water, the same water in room B. This is what he did. So from one body of water, they split him in half, room A, room B. In room A, they complimented the water and played nice music and all this stuff. And in room B, they slandered, swore, cursed and, and everything like this and what happened over a period of time is the molecules in room b were damaged from the water from from what had happened in that room and the molecules in uh, room a had flourished so bad speaking bad thoughts bad language bad everything to room b distorted that water most of our body is water so if we're all bringing ourselves down and allowing other people down, our molecules are going to be distorted for failure. If you're always complimenting people, them complimenting you, surrounding yourself with million-dollar minds and not 10-cent minds, you're going to flourish. You have no choice. You think for a second, nobody from around Basel went, you can do this, buddy. This is amazing. You can do this. There's always people around you that believe in you. Surround yourself when those people lose the people that don't if they mm. don't if they this is another great quote that I just come up with if, if if they don't believe in your dream then don't let them believe in your dream get rid of them you know they have to believe in your dream to succeed mm. 
you know? I mean, they can go and succeed their own stuff, but when they're with you, they have to believe in your dream and raise you and compliment you and, and tell you that, no, you're not going crazy, Tim. You can be the best neuroscientist in the world. Of course you can. Of course, mm -hmm. the brain and, and the molecules in your body will get hold of that and go, oh, it's a possibility. Mm -hmm. And that's all we need. The mind needs a micro-milli-inch of, of, of possibility and mm -hmm. all bets are off. We can become wrong with that. Hmm. I love that water story. I've heard it. I've heard one about plants before where like you talk <laughs> negatively to a plant and it, it dies faster and it's like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is insane. And that might go back to the quantum physics we're talking about, man, negative energy being spread out into the world. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree, man, everything you said and I love it. And I think it's, yeah, it's one of the most powerful things. It's really just like you said, that belief in yourself and that you can do it. And, to surround yourself people who also believe because I think early on in my journey and I think a lot of people's journeys, you know, it's, I was convinced that I needed to always have everyone believe, but now I realize it's not about that. It's about surrounding myself, people who do and myself and running with it. I don't need the whole world to believe in my dreams. I just have to show them. I just got to make it happen. And so I love what you said about, look, your people, the ones around you, they have to empower you to lift you up. If there's, if they're giving that negative energy to your body, to your water, you don't got to have them in your life, man. You don't need that. You got one life and you don't need all that negative energy just getting you down for no reason. And so surround yourself with people who actually love you, who actually support you. That's, that's, that's amazing, man. I totally, I totally love it. Um, I want to ask you kind of a, a change of topic here, but you know, I saw that one of your things is kind of like just having fun with this. Like I know that personal development and addiction and recovery and some of these things, you know, they're hard and they can be serious topics, but at the same time, you know, it's important to bring some lightness and some fun to it. And I know that you wear your red, you know, your red scrubs and you try to bring the energy and you swear. And, and you know, I, that's kind of one of my things too, is like, look, make this shit an adventure, make it fu as fun as you can. Some things are serious in life. We've seen it this year. Things are very serious in life at times, but, you know, try to bring some fun there. Uh, tell me about kind of why you decided to, to go with that approach and to, to bring fun even to some serious topics such as addiction or recovery. I got the idea from, uh, I think it was uh, an old movie where, um, it might have been a documentary or a movie I saw on TV, where the doctor in a cancer hospital for kids used to walk around like dressed as a clown. And the kids loved it. And these kids were dying. They had like three and six months to live. And they were laughing and everything. I'm thinking, holy shit. So I started to wear crazy colored scrubs. I dye my hair blonde. I don't give a shit. You know, I wear crazy glasses. <laughs> you know, just because I can, and, and I just bring in some light. It's like, you know, live light to the full, guys. I, I like cars. I drive a Mercedes McLaren. Why? Because it's fucking awesome. That's why. You know, <laughs> live life to the full. Bring some, bring some fun to people. Make people laugh. You know, that's what life's all about. Even though we're going through all this COVID and, you know, serious things that happen in the world, we have to smile. We have to find some sort of laughter and we've got to laugh at ourselves as well. Stop mm. taking life too seriously, you mm. know? Guys, again, I went to sleep when I was 25 last night and I woke up today, I'm 59. For fuck's sake, that's how fast life goes. Mm. So yeah, the serious stuff around and that's what I started doing. I have also crazy colored sneakers like stupid colors that the kids wear today. You know, <laughs> I've got like the latest Jordans and, and, and people my age, I'm, I'm driving to work in my Mercedes and I've got Dr. Dre blaring out there and people my age pull next to me, you know, in, in their little Ford and they look at me and go, how old are you, dude? 
And I'm like, <laughs> I don't give a shit. Life's about living and life's about making people laugh and life's about just having fun. Now, I want to give you the spin to that. Sometimes when I can't get out of bed because I'm so depressed because I'm human, guys, you know? I mean, people say, oh, God, how come you're always lifted up, Rob? I'm not. Follow me home. There are serious times in our life. But what I'm saying is when you can have fun. If you can, listen, I went to a store the other day. And we're buying a cake for a friend. And we picked the cake out. We're having some writing on it. And I got chance to an old lady there. And she, we got some banter going. It's like, if I was 50 years younger, I would be dating you. And I'm like, hey, in your dreams, lady. And we're having this back and forth. And my, my, my assistant was like looking. And she's going, you're crazy. You speak to anybody. Anyway, we left. And the next day, I went back to pick the cake up because it had all this happy birthday on. And while I'm buying the cake, this lady, the old lady, she must have been about 85. She comes back from the back and she come over and said, hey, can I have a word with you? So I said, yeah. So I would pull to one side and she said, I just want to thank you for yesterday. So I said, yeah, no problems. She said, no, no, you don't understand. My husband died three months ago. And yesterday was the first time I could come in without breaking down at work, crying. And you just made my day happy and laughter. And I'm like, I didn't know that. Mm. I didn't know I'd done that. So can you imagine how many people's lives we change when we do that? You know, again, back to the water. If we can build somebody up, you know, and make people's lives. I mean, what did that cost me? Nothing. Mm. It cost me just being goofy. My wife says I flirt with everybody. Oh, give <laughs> me she laughs when she said it. But I don't. I speak to, I'm the guy in the elevator when everyone in the elevator is looking at every single space in a different direction because nobody's talking. I'm the guy that's going to talk. <laughs> I'm a guy going to say something to make everybody laugh because that's what life's about. I have a serious illness, Tim, for which there is no cure, and that's alcoholism. And and you know, there's relapses, there's horrible things that I go through. It's terrible, but at the end of the day, it's not about me. How can I make your day? What can I do for the guy that's still suffering from cancer? How can I dress as a clown every day? How can I dress as that clown every day? You know, that's where it yeah. comes from. Yeah. The secret of living is given, right, brother? Man. Exactly, exactly. Dude, I'm, I'm <clears throat> pumped up, man. Let's fucking go. If anybody's listening to this and is not getting just totally pumped about life right now, I mean, I don't know what you're doing, man. I, I, love, I love what you said, too. Like, I think there's, it's funny and people say, don't take life too seriously, yet it doesn't mean ignore the important stuff. It doesn't mean don't take care of your health, don't take care of your dreams, be a lazy bum. It just means you can still be serious and you know, be like mindful of the important stuff in life, but bring an element of fun to that and adventure to that. And some days, you know, it's not some days it's like, fuck, this sucks, man. But yeah. you got to find well, a way well, to bring that fun and that energy. Exactly. I, I, sometimes I wear, I've got like uh, two sets of, of Nike in green and two sets of Nike in yellow. And I'll wear one yellow and one green to the office or, or when I'm going shopping. And somebody will come on and look at me. Because I've got my scrubs and they go, why are you wearing one, one green and one yellow sneaker? And I go, well, what happens is, you know, the brain, they actually, and I get into this brain science and they're looking at me and in the end I go, fuck off, you don't believe that, do you? I just do it because I can do it. And they burst out laughing because it's not going to You're I'm like, no, just wear them just for the sake of wearing them. Just make them <laughs> smile, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man well i'm from minnesota so green and yellow for us is a bad combo that means packers and, yeah, and you know we can't geez. i can't we can't support that green and yellow man i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh man now, 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 now I'm, I'm craving for cheese <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I love it. Oh man. So when you think about now and you think about your purpose, what would you say your purpose here on earth is? My purpose on earth is to uh, educate and inspire people on life, especially around addiction and uh, alcoholism and, and, to, and to bear witness to the still suffering person, whether you're depressed, mm. bipolar, overweight, you know, anorexic, it makes no difference. You, again, what we said before, it's the symptom. Let's get everybody buying into lifting everybody up, you know, mm. say, say, if you've not got anything good to say, guys, shut up. You know, we don't want to hear it because all you're doing is you're talking to yourself. When you call names, when you down, it's just because you can't do it yourself. Start believing in yourself. Your dialogue will change. Mm. And that's what I'm on earth for today. And I think I have the best job in the world. Mm. And I think I am the best in the world at it. And, uh, you know, I had to pay a price. But for that, I will never regret Because I didn't see my daughter for 20-something years after I lost my kids. But I knew, Tim, that if I kept doing what I was doing and working with other people and getting families well, that that would repair. And about two or three years ago, my daughter contacted me on Facebook for the first time in 20 years, and we flew over there to see her, and we had a, an emotional uh, get-together and meeting, and I also hand, held my granddaughter that was about nine months at the time. That's what life's about. I never give up on my dream. I never give up. If I'm making other people happy, the universe, God, higher power, whatever you want to call it, will make sure that my life is beyond my wildest dreams. Mm. Wow, man. That must have been an insane moment. That's yeah, really and that's what, the, last thing, the last thing she said to me before the authorities took them off me was, Daddy, Daddy, please stop drinking. And that is the title of my book that was released at the beginning of the year after we'd reunited was daddy daddy please stop drinking on the front our front cover is me and her uh, as a as as a child uh just before she left so yeah powerful stuff wow wow i'll, I'll be sure to leave the link to the book in the show notes if anyone wants to uh wants to check it out that sounds like a, a very powerful and i'm sure moving book where you get a, a deeper look into your story and your work so i'll be sure to drop that in the notes people can check it out and the other thing I want to say as well is the book is not for profit. Everything that's spent, not, not, not the profits from the book, the proceeds, everything. If you spend $14.99 on the book or whatever it is, we give all that back to different communities around the country. We give it to one-parent families who can't afford uh, Christmas presents. Uh, we, we pay for vacations for them. We, we sponsor their kids at school in the music programs. We do all this stuff that goes back. So this, I'm not touching a dime of this. It's all going back to people in the community to give them a second chance like me. Hmm. That's amazing. I love that. All right. Well, I got a closing two questions here for you. So speaking of chasing dreams and doing big things, um, you know, as I was getting to the end of my college career, as I mentioned, I was feeling very lost and I was thinking about this idea of the American dream and how we're, we're all sold, you know, this idea of go to college get a good job, raise a family, do the, do the standard nine to five. And like, that's, that is the American dream. And, and as I started, you know, being, feeling like that wasn't my path, I started asking myself, well, you know, what was the original definition of the American dream? What did they mean by it? And I looked it up on Google and Google knows all. So I'm going to read you the definition that I found of it. And I want to ask you a question about it. So the definition of the American dream, according to almighty Google is, the American dream is the belief that anyone, regardless of where they were born or what class they were born into, can attain their own version of success. 
And the part that stuck out to me was their own version of success, which means the American dream isn't society's concept. The American dream is yours, Dr. Rob Kelly's to define for yourself. And so I'm curious, what is your version of success? Well, I'm living it first of all. I'm living my, my version. My version of success is being, being able to get up in, in the morning and look myself in the mirror and, and, and think nice things. I mean, the material things from the American dream, I've got, I live in that house on the hill. I drive that stupid car. I wear that Rolex watch. You know, I, I wear that Louis Vuitton. I do all of that stuff. I can afford it. I'll, I'll, I'll do it, you know, but that's part of the dream. But for me, it's just being able to be alive on a daily basis and look in the mirror and go, you know something, Rob, you're a pretty decent guy today. I love that. I love that. All right, final, final question is, um, what is the closing message or call to action you would like to leave with the audience based off of everything that we talked about today? Guys, stop making what you think are practical decisions based on fear. Stop it and stop it now. Okay, chase your dream. I'd rather fail at something that I believe in than fail at something I don't believe in because I took the easier, softer route. There was a friend of mine many years ago. His dad was an architect and uh, he lived in Manchester. He had the chance to go down to London and audition for a, a, a thing called Opportunity Knox. And uh, he would have to do some gigs down there and he would have to leave his architect job. He took the easier, softer way. He stayed at the job because it was security. He made, he, made a, he made a decision that he thought was safe based on fear that was practical at the time. The guy that replaced him, if anybody in England is listening, was Freddie Starr, one of the biggest comedians ever, multimillionaire. Six months after my, that decision was made by my friend's dad, the architect company went bust and he lost his job. So the moral of the story is, chase your fucking dreams, and if you fail at it, at least when you're my age, you can turn around and go, you know something? At least I tried it. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I enjoyed being a part of it. Dr. Rob Kelly's story is inspiring, is motivating, and truly shows us once again, like most of these guests, that anything is really possible. The fact that he hit rock bottom and was able to skyrocket to where he is now is really a testament to, again, the power of the brain and the power of self-belief and believing that you can do anything that you put your mind to. So as always, like I always say, take up the notes in your phone, write down one big takeaway that you have from this episode, whatever it is, whatever you need that serves you and let the rest go. The goal of each and every one of these episodes is for you to just take one thing, one big nugget that you can take with you on your journey that's going to help you get to where you want to go. And like I've been saying in all of my episodes recently, my new goal is to serve more, to connect more, and to give more to the audience. And so I'm offering free 30-minute calls with each and every single one of my audience members where we can discuss anything you like, whether that's a habit you want to build, something you're struggling with, a mindset that you're trying to fix, uh, mental health problems that you're having, creating an empowering vision, creating some empowering goals and roadmaps for where you 
want to be in your life and just in general how to become a student of life and how to make your dreams a reality. And so as always, my number is 612-710-4605. Feel free to call or text me whenever you want. I will always be here for you and your journey to help empower you to go out there and to do the things that you want to do in the world. If you haven't checked out the other episode that I released today, it is actually a 30-day challenge on how to transform your mind. It is something that I did, uh, and it was really successful for me. It is put on by Dr. Joe Dispenza, one of the leading neuroscientists in the entire world. And basically what you do in 30 days is you replace your limiting and negative beliefs with empowering beliefs. And this is so, so valuable, and it's a tangible, easy, very simple to follow challenge and exercise. So based on this conversation today, I assume you're feeling pretty pumped up and motivated and you want to change your brain and you want to change your mindset. And this challenge is a fantastic way to do that. So definitely check it out. And as always, people, I leave you with my parting words. Go make your dreams a reality and I will see you next time.